was so funny. <laughs> Hello, my name is Professor Shabazz K. Morton. And in 1895, at the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, a black man named George Washington Carver developed a new method of soul, soil improvement through crop rotation. So I messed up. Shut up! <laughs> Stop clapping before y'all make me smile. To end the South's agricultural dependence on cotton alone, as a result, Carver came up with hundreds of industrial uses for the peanut. Sure, industrial uses. Meanwhile, one night he's having a few friends over to his house for dinner. And one of them leans over and says to Dr. Carver, Excuse me, George, what's that you're putting on your bread? <laughs> and Carver says, Oh, that's nothing but a butter substitute that I make from peanuts. I can't digest all that animal fat, you know. So the other fella tasted and he says, Hmm, this place pretty distant. Yeah, keep on smiling. This tastes pretty good, man. Mind if we take a peek at the recipe? And Dr. Carver says, take a peek? <laughs> man, you can have it. Who's gonna make eat butter made out of peanuts? No, no, I'm working on the method to compress peanuts into phonograph needles. <laughs> so Dr. Carver's two dinner guests, Edward Skippy Williamson <laughs> and Frederick Jiff Armstrong, two white men, stole George Washington Carver's recipe for peanut butter, copyrighted it, and reaped untold fortunes from it. While Dr. Carver died penniless and insane, still trying to play a phonograph record with a peanut. <laughs> this has been Black History Minute. Up to Bass K. Martin. Good night. All right. It is Friday, February 28th, 2020. I'm a little drunk. So um, let's talk about all the shitty things that are happening in the world for this intro. Um, listen, folks, there's, there's a good possibility we'll all die. Uh, more sooner than later, because of course we got the the coronavirus. The uh, is it is it called the the novel coronavirus or the novel coronavirus? Because I've been I've been keeping tabs on this this stuff here. Because um, oh yeah, just uh, yeah, U.S. markets fell sharply Thursday after the first coronavirus case in the United States that could not be linked to foreign travel was confirmed. The state of California is calling the case first reported by the Washington Post its first instance of community transmission. The hospital, hospital is monitoring the health of scores of staff members who may have come in contact with the patient. The rapid spread of the, once again, is it novel or novel? I don't know. Uh, Coronavirus also raised the specter of a global pandemic as governments ramped up their emergency responses in international financial markets slumped again Thursday, despite signs that the outbreak may be easing in China. Meanwhile, Iran's novel, novel, whatever, coronavirus death toll has climbed to 19 with 139 confirmed cases of the sickness. Despite the, the spread of the virus, President Hassan Rouhani, 
I hope I'm saying that right. Rouhani said on Wednesday that authorities won't quarantine any Iranian cities. He also warned about the virus becoming a weapon at the hands of our enemies as part of propaganda against the country. Rouhani said the virus should not further the cripple should not further cripple the country's economy. Meanwhile, Iran's vice president uh, shit. Uh, Masume Ebtekar, a former hostage taker, has tested positive for coronavirus and has been ordered into isolation. So what's what's America doing about all this? The day after President Donald Trump declared Vice President Mike Pence the point person on the U.S. government's response to the coronavirus, the administration on Thursday continued to try to stem confusion over its handling of the outbreak. Pence planned to lead an, an interagency task force meeting at the Department of Health and Human Services Thursday afternoon. The president formed the task force late last month. Of course, here he did. And made Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar its chairman. Listen, folks, I don't trust Donald, Donald Trump to take a leak by himself. I certainly don't trust him to be on top of all this shit. He's the, be honest, he's the last motherfucker I want on top of this shit. Besides, isn't, isn't he too busy uh, upset that uh, that Parasite uh, won Best Picture? Remember that that rant he made last week at a rally? Why the fuck is he still doing rallies? He's the president. It's done. Just stay, just stay in the goddamn White House. Why are you still doing rallies talking about uh, Parasite winning Best Picture because it's South Korean. That right, that right there is some racist shit. That's, I just, this is what is is just continues to bowl me over just the fact that the president just basically just saying racist shit off the dome and all of y'all are just, and everybody just like, well, that's what he does. That's what our president does. He just says racist shit. Sorry, just like, because he's basically dismissing, you know, just dismissing not just a movie, but like a whole area of the world because and then he says oh can we bring back gone with the wind you mean the movie with the slaves that of course you would say the, the goddamn movie with the slaves just and it's black history month too so of course he had to bring up goddamn movie with the slaves uh, gone with the wind shit yeah me and of course meanwhile um we got all the Democratic candidates once again um, just talking, just yelling at each other on TV for two hours every week. This, this is just, just, yeah, this is, these are the people we expect. Like, they're not even, they're not even trying to build like some sort of Avengers initiative where they put their shit aside and try to, you know, build some one superpower. They're just, uh, yeah. oh, Mike Bloomberg, the millionaire, he's done a lot of racist ass shit. Yeah, this is, this, isn't that what white people usually do? Just make a lot of money and then do racist shit. Just, I'm pretty sure Twitter keeps tabs on every white millionaire who does racist shit. So you can just ask them, just ask Twitter, hey, what are the millionaires done racist shit? So we can just know. Uh, generally, just in case they become president, you can just throw that back out there. Hey, 
Yeah, and then you do some racist shit. Just I'm starting to think that if you are a white person and you are a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, you'll have no choice but to do racist shit. It'll just come out that way. Like just if you if you make more than you know over like sixty thousand dollars a year, just like you're gonna do some racist shit. Just hey, just like you're you're in a higher tax bracket, and you're just like hey, you know. I don't care about these Negroes. I, I got a, I got an outdoor pool. Fuck, I need to care about what, what all these Negroes are doing. I'm making money. I'm happy. What other, what, what other things did I, did I put down on this guy? For some reason, it went from all the talk of the coronavirus, and then I just started writing about. Uh, Steven Spielberg's daughter doing porn. Like Steven Spielberg is reportedly worried about his daughter jumping into the adult entertainment scene, but he's got nothing to sweat about. So says Maitland Ward. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Maitland Ward is that tall redhead on Boy Meets World who you know, now she's doing porn, which is like a weird. It's weird. It's like you just. Uh, you you, know, you don't want to act more and other stuff like no I'm gonna I want to start doing porn it's just like I I feel good I feel much more better about myself doing porn than appearing on a sitcom with uh, Fred Savage's brother apparently that's 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 how she's feeling uh what the, what the fuck did she say uh oh yeah I understand that said Ward in any I understand that said Ward in any industry you should be concerned. In Hollywood, you should be concerned, especially if she's meeting people in person. That's when you really need to be concerned. Still, Ward shared positive thoughts that the director's daughter would be taken care of and watched over. That sounds creepy as fuck. Which is making it... From what I from what I gather, just like the porn industry is not like the porn industry back in the seventies that like boogie nights talk about like oh we're all one big happy family. It's just, uh, that's just, and it's, that is just you know at least you know get you know she should get a, a good agent or good you know you know try to stay away from the drugs because you know they still they they still uh, take those apparently every. From what I hear, cocaine still is very much out there. Um, this is a sidebar. I love how they're allowed to look like these, uh, these these women that are in porn, and then they just they just move on and get other jobs. It, you know, just like you know, porn, and like they become life coaches, which I find interesting. Is just like. You do porn, and then I'm just gonna, you know, start a business. Well, good luck. I have. I hope you are uh, successful in your endeavors, but you know, people, you know, people still gonna think, you know, hey, isn't that the porn girl? Just like, you know, yeah, porn still has that, you know, cachet of like, oh, you know, she did porn, so she probably likes fucking all the time, even though just like they don't see it as a business, and just oh, it's gonna be, I don't, I don't know, just. I'm talking out my ass right now because I, did, as always, as 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 what everybody does when they are online, it's in some capacity, whether it's through social media or on a podcast. 
which hopefully people out there are listening to. Oh, shit. I didn't have much this week. I thought I was going to have something, but it's just... Yeah, just it's it you know, we're just coming down from Black History Month and as you will learn in this episode, there were just not a lot of good things that happened this Black History Month. I mean just Oh, uh, of course we had a uh, Kobe Bryant, his death, his his death and his daughter and his old the death of several other people and um People were very upset about that, upset to the point where if anybody brought up his past, of course, his very uh, scandalous, you know, scandalous past with his rape trial and everything like that. Everybody would be like, you know, especially black people would just like, you know, go fuck yourself, Gail Kane. And, of course, Snoop went in with the, I don't know, what he called, what he called, what he called Gail, buckethead ass bitch. I don't know what the fuck he said. Just like everything. But uh, just uh, then they were like the, the I stand with Gail and I stand with Snoop. And I'm just like, you know, y'all motherfuckers just chill out for, for a hot minute. Can y'all just like, I'll just disperse and just, just think about shit. Just cause I know I understand how people be upset about Gail bring that shit up with Lisa Leslie. Just like, Oh, you should, you shouldn't have brought this shit up, but it's just like it happened. You can't just not bring that shit. You can't talk about Kobe and not bring that shit up. And, you know, some people might see her as uh, just, like, just pressure, you know, pressuring the point at, with at anything. But, like, she's, she's an interviewer, that's what she does. And then you got uh, Snoop. I understand Snoop would be upset, but, you know, you don't have to call Gail Oprah's best friend a buckethead at mouth head ass bitch. I don't know. Once again, I just I, I, I have trouble remembering precisely what Snoop said, but I know bitch was in there. And then... Uh, you know that that whole and then death threats start happening, which is just like that's that's just grand. So you know we can't, you know, just like a controversy isn't a controversy until death threats show up. And then you know Snoop, of course, had to apologize, and that, and then he went on uh, Jada Pinkett Smith show, which is is that like the new thing now? You know, in order after you done apologizing, you have to apologize to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and his. And her mother, and Willow, for, for some reason, I that's I guess that's a new thing now. I you know just hey you know just you know, just it's on Facebook Watch I think, but he's just like I guess that's what he had to do. Uh, just you know, Gail, of course, where she was like, hey, you know, the, the network, you know, chopped it up that way or whatever. And of course, we had the whole shit with a. Uh, Dwayne Wade with um, his his kid uh, Zar, I believe that's uh, uh, just uh, you know, trying to figure out who she is, whether or not yeah, just just trying to just just to navigate the murky waters, which is adolescence, and of course, uh, a lot of black parents did not think it was very. Um, uh, black, if you will, uh, to have Dwayne for Dwayne Wade to be going on talking about supporting his trans daughter. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, it's just 
Listen, um, is Dwayne is Dwayne Wade's kid? So you know, yeah, you know, he can do whatever the fuck he wants with, you know, in terms of taking care and uh, you know supporting. Uh, yeah, his uh, his kid. I'm still trying to figure out if it's Zaya or Zara. God, I am so out of it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. This Dwayne Wade's kid. I was reading this piece here. Dwayne Wade's kid underscores how gender fluid gender fluidity is racing home. Oh God damn! This shit just. Zaya, first of all, Zaya. It's first Zion and Zaya, and now more bullshit uh, pieces, hot takes going all over goddamn place. <sighs> Makes you not want to read. <laughs> just like I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna go back and just read books, like full of actual facts, because uh, the shit people be popping off. Online these days, it's not really fact. It's like, hey, this is what the fuck I thought, and here's a thousand words of it, and, I'm, and now you got that shit all backlogged into your head. And I'm just you know, tired of all the stuff. Just like, and also, I don't know if I just this is just another side note. I don't know if I'm just getting detached from Black Twitter. Or just like I just don't want to hear about that shit anymore because a lot of shit that that gets complained about on Black Twitter is just like, like what what does that mean to anybody and or anything? Just like because half of the first of all half of the shit is about reality show stars and I don't watch any of that shit. So like, can we talk about some real stuff that's happening in the community? Just a little bit. Oh, God damn it. It's always hard to come up with shit to say at the, the top of the show because half of it, because most of it is just like, I'm just reading stuff and I'm just like, I think I have an opinion. It's just, I'm too, I'm too busy trying to figure out this whole, you know, stuff like rent. So if y'all want to, you know, argue about this shit online or whatever, you know, do you, but just, you know, I got other things to worry about. And also, like, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. You know, apart from the whole uh, coronavirus, the, the, whole, the whole I may die soon thing, which, you know, yeah, of course, with, with, with black people, I could die from any other form of shit, like, Diabetes. Uh, I, I personally have trouble with my kidneys, so there's that. Uh, high blood pressure. I could have a heart attack from years of just eating fried shit. Uh, just uh, you know, getting shot by the cops. That's always it. Getting shot by the cops is just often, I'm pretty sure that is the number one killer of African American males in our society currently. Getting shot by the goddamn cops. Uh, also, uh, you know, since I live in Houston, uh, getting a car crash from some fucking soccer mom who won't need to speed home to, uh, to, 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 you know, take care of the kids and, and make dinner and w watch family feud or whatever, you know, cause I'll, 
don't know if you know this, but like white women in, in, in minivans, those are the scariest drivers out there these days. I was driving up on uh, you know, Richmond and shit, Richmond and 610, and I was just, and I was, I was, I was, I put on, put on my blinker to, 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 to go in the, the right lane. And I just, and I, I, li- there's literally like, there's, there's just a whole lot of space in the right lane for me to go in. And this, 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 this minivan, this woman had to have been like a good, oh, geez, I mean, like 12 feet behind me or whatever. Like, it, or whatever. Like, I knew she was nowhere near my car. So I could, I could, you know, put my blinker on and go in the right lane. And all of a sudden, I hear this, bum, 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 this honking and shit. I'm turning around and like she's far in the head, what uh, back of me and stuff. And I'm like, what are you, what are you honking for? I put the blinker on. I, I told you I was gonna be in the right lane. What the fuck? And like we, I'm I'm going up in the in, you know, going up in the lane and uh you know I'm about to turn right to get on the freeway, and she like veers like she veers over to the right left lane and she once again she's like ha ha like what the fuck are you honking about just it's over whatever the fuck you were feeling let it go i i never understood the concept of road rage to be quite honest with you because like i'm like when i'm driving like i'm i i'm re- first of all i make it i make it a thing to always make sure I'm not late to anything. And if I am late to something, I'm going to let people know I'm going to be late. So I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. So, so I'm, I don't have that whole thing. Like, Oh, I gotta be here. I gotta be there. I gotta be. No, I'm just like, I, I set my travel arrangements early. So whatever the fuck y'all are doing, you know, just, you know, just gotta be all over the place. And then, get mad that you don't get to your destination on time and then you guys like do some irrational shit. You know, that's on you cuz cuz I don't know like what y'all where y'all going, where y'all need to go, but you will get there eventually. All right. All right, that's is that that's enough. That's like 22 minutes. That's okay. Uh, well, let me see if I can play some music for y'all. Uh, this is the most incandescent. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, the most incandescent show on the interwebs. This is everything is canceled. The block is hot. dream don't be afraid bad dreams are only dreams what a time you chose to be born It was the night before New Year's and all through the fucking projects. Not a handgun was silent, not even a tech. Outsiders were stuck by enemies who put fear and blasted on the spot before the pigs were dead. You 
no hoods robbing snipers, new in sight. Fuck blue and white, they escape before them flash the fucking lights. Gunshots, shatter first floor window panes. Shells hit the ground and blood stain the dice game. Weather broke calisthenic, any style you said it. Beat niggas toothless, physically cut up like gooses. What with iron on the side, thugs took no excuses. Therefore, your 52 hand blocks is useless. Links were snatched off necks, scars on throats. Jack is took after bullet rips, coats against those who felt the cold from the steel. Made them fold and squeal. Once the metal hit the temple of his grill, construction worker who was caught for his bomber. No time to swing the hammer that was hanging from his farmers. In his bar, how some niggas catch slugs and pockets dug from everything except check stubs. And it does sound ill like wars in Brownsville or fatal robberies in Red Hook with feds luck. For fugitives to shoot cops, niggas laying on rooftops for his cream he stashed in a shoebox. But he was hot and the strip was filled with young killers you don't suspect. So cops creep like caterpillars and born thieves. They hooded with extra bullets. Those who try to flee, they hit the vertebrae, increase the murder rate. Similar to hitmen who pull out Texans and drop those crack like tacos from Mexican rapid, like recipients casting checks again. Back to the motherfucking spot on Lexington. Covers ease up and grand freeze and seize packages and pocket the currency. Police control strips, full clip to spray. Yellow tape barricades, sidewalks with bodies laid. Madness strikes at 12 o'clock midnight. The stick up kids on the ground, broke the staircase light. And I stay as harassed, scrambling for petty cash. Takes on my ass, young bucks is learning fast. 357s and 44s, bought inside corner stores, provide sparks for wars. Hospital floor surrounded by the law. Homicide questioning while it takes guard the door. My hood stay tense, loyalty puts strength in my team. Cause niggas make a certain cream. Some niggas in the jet black galant. Shout out the Chinese restaurant for this kid named Lamont. I thought he was dead, but instead, he missed a kid and hit a 12 year old girl in the head and then fled. Tactical narcotic task force, back off fast. Cause the crime boss is passing off cash. Extortions for bosses, the streets causes beef. Having followers are in. Is trying to play cheap. You witness the saga, casualties and drama. Life is a script. I'm not an actor, but the author of a Martin Day opera. We're the main character. It's presidential papers, the dominant factor.
Too many hoes But they ain't you You like to put that shit in your nose But I still love you Be doing shit that nobody knows In the streets they be thinking you're a lady But at home You're my fucking porn star, I swear to God If you ain't nasty, don't at me
Okay, peoples, this is uh, Everything is Canceled, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle's Black History Moment. Uh, I am Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Uncle Krizzle, a.k.a. Anastasia Beaverhausen, a.k.a. If it ain't nasty, don't at me. Right there. And um, you can uh, catch me all over the medias, uh, Facebook. Let me remind y'all that Facebook's still out there. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Byte. Yeah, Byte still still works. Um, at, at Uncle Krizzle, at UNCLE, C-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. Um, if you want to donate to this podcast, first of all, please do that. And uh, secondly, you can go to paypal.me slash Uncle Krizzle. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on this shit wherever you listen to it. Apple, Stitcher, there's, you know, various Spotify places, all those all those fun spots. Um, let me uh, tell you what you just listened to. Um, starting off at the top, you know, I felt like I needed some Wu-Tang in my life right right about now, so I played some uh, Cold World uh, from Jizza, featuring Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck, that's, I think that's what, what I said, um, from the uh, Liquid Swords album. And uh, after that, uh, Rehab, uh Winter in Paris, in parentheses, from uh, Brent Fires. That's from his uh, new album, Fuck the World. Sense of theme here. Cold World, Fuck the World. And uh, and after that was um, I Really Loved You from uh, Hello Yellow. Uh, one of my favorite new bands off their uh, my, my Life as a Teenage Robot single EP thing. I think that's, that's what it's called. All right, let's get into our guest, who I'm sure is uh, waiting uh, for me to call him. Uh, yeah, I got I got to get on the phone here. Let me uh, read this up, pull this up. Number at. Let me go here. Yeah, hello. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 me, man. Uh, yes. Um. Uh. Rod, well, what, who I have on the line here is uh, uh, Rod Morrow, and um, he is uh the host of um, well, one of the co co-host of uh the Black Guy with Tips podcast, uh, which he does with his lovely wife Karen. Uh, nearly every day. You can uh, go on, go to the black dip, uh, go on the various uh, podcast sites and just look up the black guy with tips, and they just talk about news of the day. They talk about uh, various other news. They they play games, and it, well, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. So um, 
so Rob Moore, welcome to Everything Is Cancelled. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, just I was just reaching out to people uh, last night, and um, I was just looking uh, to see if anybody want to talk about. Uh, this past month, which is Black History Month, and I'll just go out and just ask you: Do you feel it was a shitty Black History Month or the shittiest Black History Month? Your thoughts? <laughs> you know, uh, it was. Uh, it felt pretty bad, man. I don't know. Maybe uh, every Black History Month without Black Panther is gonna always pale in comparison from this point on. Well, I mean, were there any, was there anything that happened that was particularly uh, shitty in your mind? Man, I mean, I guess, you know, the even though it happened in January, but the kind of fallout from the death of Kobe Bryant was a big thing that kind of hung over the entire month because uh, you had the All-Star Game, you had the memorial service, and you had, uh, you know, the NBA, like each individual team kind of having like a moment of silence and mourning him and uh, I think that was a big thing. And then, uh, of course, online you had all the division among uh, people, you know, arguing about Snoop and Gail and uh, Gail King and all this stuff. So I would say, like, uh, in a weird way, that was probably the biggest thing for me in Black History Month that was just like, man, this, this is kind of putting a pall over everything. Well, I was listening to your uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago when you had this, this great episode, I think it's the – uh, the episode title was trying to help where you and Karen just basically just just broke down just what is wrong with the 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 the, the conversation the, the discussion of, of the discourse if you will of uh, contemporary uh, American culture where you want to call it and it's just that find that people are just ready to get mad about what the fuck ever yeah yeah, I think uh, social media kind of has us in a constant state of, uh, I don't know, outrage or helplessness feeling, and some of the impulses uh, to use it for the purpose of just consistently expressing, like, the discontent with things. Uh, it's, it's heavy, and I think everything that happens on the Internet kind of comes back to uh, it kind of leads people back to a path of putting themselves, making the story about themselves, and uh, it doesn't matter how tragic the situation is or what. Like it's people kind of make it so it seems like it's always happening to them. You know what I mean? And so, if uh, you're not happy, then you're gonna find that the things you pontificate on are the unhappy things. The things you ruminate on are gonna be that unhappiness. Is you know, if you're angry. You're going to find that the things you ruminate on are, are, are the angry things, the things that cause anger and the things that bring angry people together online uh, in, in search of community. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Kobe's death was just one of those that, that really stuck out because that, that, that didn't really happen to all of us. But at the same time, people kind of made it like it happened to all of us. And then the typical divisions that happened online just sort of happened again. People arguing a lot about, um, you know, about this tragedy that, you know, I think everyone should be able to agree is tragic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's why I think we should be able to come together is just to say, hey, this is tragic, but that's not really what happened. I mean, you find, especially when it, it came down to the old Gail versus Snoop thing, I remember 
waking up one day and I just saw I stand with Gail and I stand with Snoop hashtags on on my damn Twitter timeline. And is this one of those situations where it's just like nobody, you find that, I don't know, just nobody bothered to just, uh, just to have deep uh, perspectives like you do, like you do and, and your wife does on your show where it's just like, Oh, something happened. I mean, it, did you find that the be just like the same response I got? Where just like, what the what the hell is going on, people? What's 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 this, this um, what we're doing I here? Think, I think people need time, mm-hmm. and the one thing that you know the 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 online and and media conversations don't really seem to uh, don't really seem to like really uh, value is time, right? To say. Let's take some time to process this and then discuss it. I was listening to this podcast yesterday, uh, T with Queen and Jay. They uh, they covered the Kobe, like, Gale, Snoop, all that stuff situation. They covered it just, you know, this week at the end of February. And, of course, like I said, he passed in, in at the end of January. So they basically took a full month to just sit back, watch everybody, come up with their own reflections, and then – kind of give give a more nuanced uh, approach to it. And I love that because um, I think time, a lot of time, a lot time in many instances will give us the uh, needed amount of uh, consideration to the topics that we're talking about as opposed to the immediacy of just having, you know, whatever, you know, 280 characters or, uh, you know, uh, your Facebook post or whatever where you can just fire off your first thought you think of, um, time, time kind of allows us to then go back and say, nah, I'm going to actually think about this a little bit further and give a more um, holistic opinion about it. And I think there's nothing to be afraid of, uh, of not being the first person to get it and not being the person that goes viral with, uh, you know, the, the bombastic statement right away. So you're saying it's a combination, well, you're saying it's almost like a combination of just like people's need to, to be the first to talk about it, and also people uh, people need to have everything given to them at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's yeah, like I mean, part of this accelerated culture where just everything has to just come to uh, come to us very easily. Yeah, and you have to think about like the incentive to be the first is that dopamine fix that we get from uh, being retweeted and liked and favorited and shared and stuff, and you know, it, it's something that all of us uh you know are dealing with in our own ways um and these companies know like twitter knows facebook knows instagram knows that this this stuff affects our brains and you know so there's an incentive to be the person that says you know uh f kobe bryant i hate all y'all that 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 like kobe bryant and there's an incentive to be the person that goes uh kobe bryant uh if you hate kobe bryant block me or whatever and and all that stuff creates a lot of turmoil as opposed to what might be a more new, no, more uh, nuanced or neutral perspective that it may take weeks to arrive to that perspective where you're like, okay, here's how I actually feel. And, um, yeah, so I think that constant cycle is, is putting us in uh, what, a state of turmoil all the time, uh, emotionally and, and mentally. And so uh, sometimes you have to back away. But, you know, also I think, like, I looked at my uh, Facebook 
memories today. You know, how, I don't know if you had that thing or Facebook will tell you like a year ago you were talking about this, right? Oh, yeah. I I, I just looking at it earlier today and I saw that uh, at the, several years ago I was at a, a Sharpling and Worcester concert. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, mine said, uh, man, this Black History Month has been the longest year ever. Uh, and it was from like last year. And so I was thinking like, damn, did, I must have thought Black History Month sucked last year too. And then I, you know, I started, I started thinking like what's changed. And I think what it is, is that everything bad that happens, we now know about it immediately. And so if a celebrity dies, you know, there's like so much pressure on black celebrities in, in February to, to stay alive. Because if you die in, in February, it's like the whole month is ruined. Or that day of Black History Month is now ruined because, you know, B. Smith died, you know. And now we have to talk about that as opposed to uh, back in the day before we had, you know, instant computers in our pockets. You know, you, you go through the whole February, maybe one celebrity death that like is strong with black people hits but most of the time not not really there's like oh yeah people older people pass it's okay but now it's like Janae Dubois died guys oh my god black history month is ruined and then the next day you know another black person dies and they were oh black history month what is happening so I just feel uh like the pressure for like Cicely Tyson is just you know like James Earl Jones is just holding on but at least through February, because, you know, we do make it seem like this hyperbolic idea that uh, we make it seem like if something bad happens or someone passes or something, that's just another day to check off the Black History Month uh, boxes. Not good. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe it has maybe Black History Month hasn't changed much. Maybe it's us. And I think also is the climate since, uh, you know, we kind of have a person in office that kind of just, um, in a way, reminds everyone, you know, not just African-Americans, but everyone in general, just how, just how racist things have gotten lately. Or just racist, how uh, present racism has become. Because, I mean, just, just last week, you know, he's, you know, he's talking about Parasite, you know, winning Best Picture, and he's upset because it's like, it's, oh, it's a South Korean film. And he's essentially making a, a racist rant about South Koreans, like they shouldn't be over here uh, infiltrating our motion picture industry, and just just people just 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 got just said, hey, that's that's what he does now. And also, he brought up Gone with the Wind. Can we have Gone with the Wind make the, the movie with the slaves? And so it's just like, just almost like this. We just in this this environment where racist vernacular is just all over the place. It just it's gotten to be commonplace. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels exacerbated under Trump. I mean, Trump is essentially the last legs of white supremacy come to you know a human form. You know, it's, uh, um, if this was uh, Avengers, you know, this is to me the part where. Uh, Doctor Strange turns to Tony Stark and is like, uh, we're in the end game now, right? So, like, if this is a video game, racism levels are up to, like, all Madden right now. And so, after years of, you know, people feeling like it wasn't at all Madden, it's like, this it's, it's, it's is all Madden now, man. It's like, there are no allies within the government. There is no uh, hero coming to save us. The Democratic primaries are... 
in full force, and I think that also affects the psyche of the nation when, uh, you know, you have all these people arguing about what the best policy is, and, you know, meanwhile, those of us affected by these policies, um, while we may be passionate, there's a certain level of, like, hey, guys, pick a person and let's go. Like, we need to, we gotta, we gotta get through this so we can, like, rally around someone or some figure so that we can stop this. And so I think all that pressure is just putting a lot on people. And with it being Black History Month as well, you know, black people, you know, we're dealing with racism. You're dealing with all this arguing and infighting on the uh, Democratic Party side, which is pretty much the only viable party for black people at the moment. So, you know, I think there is a lot of a lot to what you said, where there's just people, uh, you know, feeling like this, America, at least, and probably the rest of the world. I mean, we've seen uh, Brexit and whatnot, like, People are feeling like, yo, racism is at an all-time, like, return uh, to form, and we need to, uh, you know, like, this. it's causing us mental stress in our daily lives just to have to live under this, uh, and no solution is going to be forthcoming anytime soon. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Endgame, and just, you know, there's, there's so many ways to go with that just from the, from the uh, you know, comic book movie standpoint, because I know you're... You know, big fan of comic book movies and everything, but it's just, uh, but just in, in getting with talking, you mentioned Endgame, it's just, you know, got me thinking of basically the coronavirus and how there's a strong possibility, you know, we, we'll all die. So you think, I mean, I don't know if you think that's, that seems, to, is, is that's been dwelling on your mind lately. Um, The coronavirus thing is kind of weird because I don't fully understand like how dangerous it is and uh what scares me is that um i am not employed in the government or the cdc so i don't have to understand right but i have no confidence in the people that are employed in the cdc at this point because they've had their budget stripped by this corrupt administration uh who uh you know completely is full of graft and um you know incompetence and uh, as anti-regulation of all kinds, in, including many of which keep, keep us safe. Um, I don't trust them to handle it, you know. And when I see a man who, like Donald Trump, who lies constantly, uh, placing Mike Pence in charge of coronavirus uh, um, resistance, I don't know, fighting or whatever. You, you know, you, you try to put him in, in charge of the plan to stop or contain the outbreak of this virus. Well, he's the same man that presided over or governed over um, Indiana when he essentially made laws that made HIV uh, back to epidemic rates because he was against the needle, um, the, the the needle program that that helped people with like different needles and stuff like that. He's he's one of those like they'll learn from getting HIV that you shouldn't get HIV people, and so I don't think that guy patting him on the back and Donald Trump looking at the camera and saying, don't worry, Mike's got it. I don't think that that instills any uh, confidence in anyone. And I, I'm sure that that does add, once again, to the freight nerves of uh, <laughs> of the American psyche right now. I guess the world psyche even. Um, you know, the United States is rated the most prepared country for a CD, for an uh, outbreak. But, I mean, what does that really mean? Who's, who's doing that rating system? And are, are you accounting for the fact that you have uh, some some corrupt, incompetent people in charge uh, of this. You know, like, were we the most prepared for to deal with a disaster like a hurricane hitting Puerto Rico? 
You know, I'm sure we would have been rated that before the hurricane hit. You know, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I do think that that stuff adds to the uh, the stress factors uh, factors that people are feeling. I was just wondering, do you have a system in place where you, you go up, you do things? I know you, you, know, you have the show and everything, but just it's basically how do you go through each day? not getting the sense that we're all fucked. Just basically, I'm just seeing how you go through your day, just, you know, all this bullshit's going on, and, and, it, and it just, because you know, for me, it's just it's kind of like this, this, thing, this constant barrage where it's just like, oh, man, we are just, just completely fucked. And it's just, I don't know, just like my personal... Um, mental demeanor but or just or just just seems that way um i I mean i guess that's a kind of a complicated answer because um i do feel like we're fucked you know but i i felt that way for for a while um it's kind of like watching the the world kind of slowly come around to that idea uh (laughs) but um i i do feel like we're fucked man but i feel like for black people we've always been fucked in this country, you know, um, from, from the inception of this country. So, um, it's not necessarily a new status for us. Um, but you know, the things I'm doing in my personal life to kind of avoid the, um, I don't know, I guess nihilistic, uh, depression that would come with that is, you know, I go to, I have a therapist, I started therapy. Um, you know, I kind of take a lot of my interactions with people offline. You know, I, I don't really, um, talk to my friend. I talk to my friends more, you know, on my phone or in private than I do, uh, you know, in, in on on social media. Those discussions aren't really meant for an audience, you know. And it's it's so weird to 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 find that, you know, after all these years, is, is that I'm going back to how I was, you know, the technology we had back in the day, right? You pick up a phone, you you go out to lunch, uh, you. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess texting is new, so maybe texting would be a little different. But you know, I'm just moving away from a lot of the public uh, discourse, and then I'm also just trying to manage my intake of the stimulus that I that I'm I'm getting. So you know, I read more now. I think reading long form is good. It also is a uh, um, it also gives my helps me get my ADHD type brain back in the focus and be like, okay. I'm going to be disciplined, sit here, and just read something for for a while with no notifications, without checking my phone or my watch every few minutes. That type of thing uh, helps me. And then the type of reading that I do, a lot of nonfiction, um, uh, history stuff, it helps me put things in perspective. And, you know, I guess if there's any hope to my perspective on life is that um, things have been worse. Uh, things have never really been great. And, you know, every year is us pushing things, uh, hopefully a little bit better than the year before. And this stuff flows in cycles. And right now we're in this cycle of, uh, white hostility pushing back towards, um, you know, to the last throes of the, of the, of the empire, um, based on white supremacy and, uh, to me, this is when, you know, it's like a cornered animal. This is when it gets the worst, you know, and I do think, uh, 
if we can push through this Trump administration, we can push through these Republicans, um, maybe we can have some of those uh, positive things that, you know, uh, these politicians walk around trying to sell us during the Democratic primary. You mentioned uh, reading earlier, and uh, you—that's something I've noticed with the uh, the show now is that you start the show reading passages from something. You used to start off with uh, reciting uh, hip, you know, hip hop lyrics, mm-hmm. but um, now you now you do passages uh, from from reading material. And I just wanted to know, like, one, what made you decide to make that change, and two, any any recommendations you got uh, recently that you say. Telling people, oh, you should check that um, out. So uh, for me, uh, let's see. So the first thing is uh, we started doing the book reading things uh, because I always, like, pick rap lyrics. Uh, for a while I was picking um, black uh, and brown poets uh, and reading, you know, their poems to start the show. And uh, then one day I just said, oh, I'm going to read, uh, you know, an excerpt from a book. Um and uh, what it was is that my wife, Karen, who's the co-host of the show, she really started, um, like, she, after I finished reading the, the excerpt, instead of just us starting the show, she would be like, well, this is how I feel about what you just read. And uh, after I realized how much she was into that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make this part of the show because uh, I think it gets the show normally, uh, to me, it gets the show started off running with us talking. Um, as opposed to me doing all this intro stuff about, hey, it's the Blackout Tips, and check out our podcast in this place, and uh, here's the articles that I picked for the day. And sometimes, you know, Karen may or may not want to contribute to the article that I'm reading. She may or may not think that it's that interesting, but she always thinks that whatever I'm reading in the book is interesting. Uh, so that's kind of why it stuck. And then um, – it was something I was going to do for a little bit, and I was like, I'll probably go back to lyrics if nobody really likes this. And um, someone wrote a, a review where they gave us four stars and talked about how they derisively calling it the Reading Rainbow segment and how they, they don't like it, and the show is great except for that. And uh, after that, you know, the, uh, the, it stuck. I was like, actually like, oh, well, no, nah, I actually like this. It, like, it made me make a decision as a creative, right? I was like, wait, I actually do like this. I do care about this. And I do want it to stay around because I like it. And I like that my wife, it, I like that Karen is inspired to talk right away about it. That's really the, the main thing. If, I guess if Karen ever felt like, eh, ho-hum, I don't care about these anymore, then maybe I'd stop doing them. But, um, and then I think also it makes our show unique because, I guarantee you there's just not podcasts starting off with, you know, the book they're reading unless it's like a book club and then going into that tangent before going into the news. And um, our relationship as husband and wife and co-host is the uh, unique thing about our show. We could talk about anything, but, you know, someone could steal our entire format, every topic, and they still couldn't do what we do, which is us talking. So, you know, I I just enjoy it for that reason. Um, And I, I imagine it'll stay around uh, for, you know, till we get tired of it. And as far as uh, books to recommend, I just finished Full Dissidents by uh, Howard Bryant. Um, that's, a, that's a really good book, uh, short read, um, kind of spawns off of the Kaepernick uh, taking a knee protest into uh, bigger issues about race in American life. Uh, great read. Um, uh, 
I just I also just finished a book called Riot Baby. Um, that's a fiction book. So if you guys are into fiction, it's basically like young adult fiction set in um, set in kind of present day America. Like, what if black people had superpowers? And that's by uh, Chochi. Um, how, how do I pronounce uh, his last name? I think it's Chochi Anyubuche. Onyabuchi is how you pronounce his last name. And so that's a good one. Um, and then uh, for for creatives, this is kind of like an advice book or whatever. Uh, Quest Love, he wrote a book called Creative Quest. Mm-hmm. And it's about creativity and different advice on how to harness it and different thoughts on how people uh, use their creativity, what inspires them, and uh, what you can take from the creative um you know, thing. I could, I honestly could go on with like probably ten more books. So I'll just yeah. stop there. You well, you were kind of talking about just you find that you know people get don't really want to deal with books that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Just like people just like uh, he could, you know, just nobody. I I I'd read myself too. I mean, I'm like I'm, I'm trying to get into uh, well, the uh, Gail Jones's. Uh, 70s li- literature like uh, I just uh, finished a book she, she wrote a long time ago called Eva's Man and just find it find it, of course just like when you tell people you like to read it's like you know telling people you just like they just look at you funny like you get <laughs> like, like what are you a reading nigga now just like you just you a smarty nigga and you just Going to the library and just reading shit and just yeah, well, just you like know reading. what's interesting is I had a few years of my life where uh, I stopped reading anything but like comic books, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I attribute that to the fact that I was spending so much time on social media reading things and reading them in short bursts, and it actually messed up my attention span. Where if it was over 140 characters, it's like you know, unless it's a thread or something, it's like. I can't read all this, you know, a big old block of text. What am I supposed to do with this? This is a whole page, you know? And so um, I think reading Ta-Nehisi Coates' long-form writing uh, in the Atlantic was probably like a bridge back to being a reader for me, and which is interesting because I did grow up being a pretty vociferous reader. But then somewhere along the line, like I said, maybe with the advent of social media, I kind of just lost it. And so... Um, and now with all the media that it t- competes for our eyes, right? Like there's uh, all these streaming services and all these TV shows and movies and stuff. It's just uh, there's a lot less time um, to spread out between different uh, different um, pursuits. And so I think uh, reading also for me is therapeutic. It, it grounds me. It's something that is real. I can mark my accomplishment as I go through a book. Um, and so I think, uh, but I, but my, I will say this, I have not had a negative experience with people who find out that I'm, I'm reading more, like it's been mostly positive. And uh, the other thing I'm starting to find is that there's a lot more people reading than I realize. So there, you know, they're like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm reading this book. And you know, some people, their eyes glaze over and they're kind of like, uh, this shit, I'm definitely not reading a book. But then there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, what's that about? And, oh, let me tell you about this other book that I'm reading. 
you know, and and that's how I get a lot of my recommendations and, and stuff like that. And just, you know, and and to highlight a positive thing on social media, uh, Goodreads is an app and a website that um, there's like a reading community. And so there's, there's people who are able to form community around reading. I think they can even do like book clubs. You can uh, start conversations about a book and share passages from the book and be like, what do you think about this? So like there, you know, there, you just have to like anything else, find your community um, and, and then take it from there. It also helps for me that I, I review books from time to time. So that mm. uh, works well in my favor. Like oh, I get to read a book and get money for reviewing it. Uh, like that is that's that's sweet. Um, that's yeah, and because uh, yeah, because you make a tiny easy coast. I reviewed his novel, The Water Dancer, uh, last oh, fall. Yeah, I I haven't started that one yet. I bought it like the day it came out. Haven't started it yet, but I I need to get on that one. Yeah, because it is it is. Well, I'll just tell you, just like if you're into Toni Morrison's, uh, oh, like uh, the way she uh, dealt with uh, magical realism. In his, you know, in historical fiction and everything, that's it's it's, in, it's definitely down that road. Um, but I'm I, I also, you know, in going back to where we are with Black History Month, um, one thing I wanted to address on because I have, uh, you know, I've been dipping in and out of your shows, so I don't know exactly how your thoughts on it, but like the whole situation with uh, Dwayne Wade, because I, I wrote a piece about it for uh, this, you know, Al Jazeera newsletter, they, they call me up, and just like. It, it, it's interesting how, you know, African-Americans I, I get this, you know, with with the whole thing where it's just like, don't tell me how to raise my kids mm-hmm. and everything. And here he is a man who's letting uh, his, his, one of his children try to figure out who she is. And, and immediately I get, yes, it's immediately sense, especially on YouTube with various uh, YouTubers putting their two cents in. And, of course, Bootsy Badass, who thinks Dwayne Wade is going to just uh, cut the kid's dick off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just of, uh, you know, just sense, you know, trying to tell Dwayne Wade how to raise his kid. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of moving parts to that. I think, um, obviously, is. It's wonderful. I applaud Dwayne and, and, and Gabby, especially for just surrounding Zaya with love and being kind of open and transparent about um, Zaya's truth and 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 there and especially Dwayne's um, struggle, acceptance, and then advocation. Uh, and and what seems like a seamless process, but I'm sure it wasn't, you know, like, um, you know, as a father and behind the scenes and, you know, because uh, he, cause he admit, admittedly is like, I didn't know anything about anything trans like until this happened. So for him, this, this is, we've watched him go through this educational process in, in public. Uh, and, you know, Gabby is so like, she's so like Twitter, you know what I mean? Like she is very much like, listen, um, uh, you know, educate me if I don't know this, and now I'm going to reach out to people and, uh, you know, hold us accountable if, if we do something wrong. Like, she's very, like, gung-ho about that stuff. Um, the problem with putting things out in public like that is also, of course, when you live such a public life, you got to deal with so much public uh, opinion. Uh, 
And um, it was good to see a lot of people give this whole um, this this whole like situation a chance to like breathe and to be open minded about it. Now, so that's all. That's kind of the good stuff I love about it. The bad stuff, and I not even bad, but the thing I find kind of weird, and I don't really know the exact words to put behind it, but something feels very inauthentic about the acceptance um, that a lot of people have for Zaya simply because of the protection of being uh, Dwayne Wade's progeny. You know what I mean? Like there's this, this idea of like him as a man is a lot. Is, I'm not going to say the disgusting things I say about trans people generally because I respect Dwayne Wade so much, but yeah. my general tone and disposition and belief haven't changed towards trans people, I still harbor all of that bigotry. But here's a situation where I can be like, oh, look how what I'm really doing is allowing for this black man to, like, shelter, uh, the shelter, uh, his, his daughter with, with uh, not because I believe in his right to do so, not because I believe in Zaya's autonomy, but because I believe Dwayne Wade is a is an aspirational figure for black men, so I'm going to allow him to do it. And so part of it feels a bit inauthentic to me, and, um, I, you know, I, I guess it's, it's for the best that people are, you know, being that way, but some of it feels fake because you see how, you know, black trans women of color are, are, are the highest uh, per capita uh, chance of being murdered violently uh, in America. So we know that... Uh, um, well, that's like black trans women of color, just black trans women, my bad. But uh, we know that, uh, that, so we know that reality doesn't really mirror this, this image that, pe- you know, this image that people have. And while I don't really respect what Boosie said, or um, I know there's a couple other people like that, that said some foul stuff, I don't really respect what they said, but what they said feels more honest than what a lot of people are saying about like, yeah, you know, that's that's okay. That's just what they're doing. You know, I, I get it. And it's like, well, I've heard you say way worse things. How do you really, do you get it or do you just respect Dwayne Wade? Is this, you know, is this us uh, saying we respect women because we are trying to protect the, uh, you know, like Nipsey Hussle's legacy as a, as a black man? And so now his uh, ex is off limits for any level of disrespect or do we feel like women should not be disrespected you see what i'm saying to me there's a a a distinct difference but it i don't know that uh i don't i don't with this situation i don't know how honest everyone is being but i i still look at it as progress and i still look at it as a step forward and hopefully uh it can continue well it's interesting you say that because uh just yeah i know like the usual you know the, the wokesters are going to be supportive and whether or not they actually agree about, you know, if, if this is something, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've studied on regarding trans youth. Cause, cause is, is when you say stuff like you, you kind of, you know, respect that Bootsy badass for being the ignorant motherfucker that he is. Um, you know, it's just like, it's one of the things just like, if you, if you constantly, if you delve into this more, you will find out. 
about how black trans youth are 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 very at risk of uh you know being you know being in depressed and and, and suicidal in in, in right. many ways this this you know if you bring it by Dwayne Wayne bringing awareness to what his daughter's going through he's also bringing awareness of what black trans youth goes through and right. i feel like people don't even go you know delve into that like why why is this, you know he's not cuz like i'm getting this like the situation where it's not not even like people respect Dwayne Wade you know just like especially you know as i said like you know you know african american youtubers you know going on their their pages talking about how you know what the fuck's wrong with Dwayne Wade if i was Dwayne Wade I wouldn't let my kid do shit and everything like that. You just letting some 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 kid who who don't pay no bills or anything like that to dictate all, all that bullshit. I'm just mm-hmm. like I think and just like you know you got to delve into this more. Oh, that's that's what I'm just seeing with people. So. Sad that it's it's sad that it's admirable that he loves his child. You know, like it's sad in a way to think like man, all he really did was say I will always love my child as I have always promised to do. Uh, and then people were like, uh, wow, what a brave man. He's <laughs> like, well, that's he, what you're supposed to do. And then he's a black the father end, doing shit. Right, exactly. And then on the other end, you got these people that are really, you know, making it. Uh, they're the people that make it the, the environment where that becomes a brave stance because they're like, hey, if it was my child, I would blank, blank, blank. And, uh, you know, so you do have to applaud him. But, I, you know, there's a somber applause to it for me where it's like, you know, what am I really applauding here? You know, I, so, yeah, I, you know, but I do, like I said, I appreciate him. I really love that he's not a scholar on the topic. He's not using all these, like, woke words and stuff. I like that because I think you know, especially if you're on Twitter a lot and stuff, you can come off like really polished and, and, and fake, but there's something so sincere about his love that is ingratiating, you know, cause you know that that's a person that's going to mess up every once in a while. It's, you know, uh, Dwayne's going to maybe mess a pronoun up here or there. He's not going to understand, a uh, something, but his heart is all really in the right place. And I think, uh, He's a great example of how intentions do matter, uh, regardless of what people say. Um, so, uh, and I, and to be honest, I really can't wait to see, uh, you know, when Zaya is old enough to really speak for herself, because a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of a lot of what Gabby and Dwayne have to be doing right now is probably protecting Zaya from the internet. You know, so, you know, hopefully uh, Zaya grows up into a strong, beautiful person and is able to, like, speak for herself about, you know, her experience. All right. Before we close this out, I'm always trying to bring this back up because, of course, this is called Everything is Canceled and just, mm-hmm. you know, just, of course, we live in this, this, this lovely cancel culture, if you, know, if you want to believe that. And so I just, just, is there anything that's pissing you off right now that you just need to get off your chest and everything? Hmm, man, I, huh, anything's pissing me off that needs to be, I need to get off my chest. Oh, man, I, I, I'm sure there's something, but I just, I, I did come, I'm sorry, I didn't come prepared for a thing that just needs to be 
be canceled right now. I'm sure there's, oh man, I have like, to like think some, on Like something you feel should be legitimately canceled, not some motherfucker who said something, you know, somebody yeah. that you would respect that said something you didn't agree with and you just like, oh, we got to oh. cancel that motherfucker. Okay, I got I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, so, <laughs> this this week, finally, after years and years and years, guys, lynching is now considered a hate crime in America. Yeah, I saw, finally made it. <laughs> I saw that. I saw in Twitter, trying to figure what the fuck, what, what did Trump say this time? I was trying to figure out what, what lynching had to do with anything. Just Yeah. Um, and so there was like, I believe the final vote was 144 to four or something like that for 144 to make, uh, you know, this anti-lynching legislation law and four people who said, uh, no, I think we should not make this a law. And so if I could, uh, cancel something. It would be those four people who voted. Ted Yoho, Republican Florida. Louis Gomer, uh, Republican for Texas. Thomas Massey, Republican for Kentucky. And Justin Amash, who's an independent from Michigan. Those are the people who voted no. Um, th- yeah, I hope people cancel them by, you know, voting them out of office at the next opportunity. Because to me, anti-lynching legislation should be a 100% unanimous slam dunk we are not with that in 2020 um, uh, uh, law. So, yeah, that, that's who I want canceled. You find it amazing that it had to be a law in the first goddamn place? It's like, hey, you remember that thing uh, they used to do to slaves when they ran away? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make that into law in, in 2020. Just, I think, I think lynching was still a hot-button issue, but apparently it is. Ida B. Wells is rolling over in her grave, man. She fought this battle for, she fought this battle at the turn of the freaking century, at the, in the eighteen like seventy, eighty, nineties, or whatever it was, like right before the nineteenth century. She fought that battle against uh, lynching and to get presidents and the federal government to pass anti-lynching legislation because it was it had run amok in the uh, time since Reconstruction and. 2020, we finally got around to like, you know what, Ida B. Wells, you made a good point. And uh, 144 of us agree with you, and four of us go, I don't know. Kind of think lynching is it's not that bad. Yeah, the rest of them is like, you know, we, we got your boo. But all yeah. the four people <laughs> like, go fuck yourself. Like, God right. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Anyway, um, thank you very much, Rod, for... Uh, Taking part in this, um, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, did, did this all did this all sound well to you? I don't know, just like as yeah, man, this is cool. You uh, you know, it's it's funny because uh, as much as I'm like, man, social media can really be terrible. Like something cool came out of it. You know, you just randomly tagged me to this uh <laughs> thing. Yeah, tweet. Like, you know what, man? Um, if, if we can make it work, let's make it work, man. And I also wanted to thank you because you've written about our podcast and a couple of publications at this point, man. And, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to just kind of, you know, I guess virtually thank you personally, uh, for doing that because, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, we have fans, uh, thousands of fans literally, uh, who listen to the show. Um, and, 
one of the things that helps us get listeners and one of the things that really brings people to the show other than word of mouth is when someone writes about us, you know, and um, I think people don't really understand that, but that stamp of approval from some organization, it will it makes people go, oh, let me check out this show. You know, we, we get listeners from uh, when we were on Vice. We got listeners from uh, the Ebony piece that, that you wrote. Um, we, like, we, so that stuff helps us. Um, I think you also wrote for AV Club. You broke down an episode we talked about. So, like, I just wanted to thank you personally for that, man. We really do appreciate it, and uh, it, it really helps us uh, in the long run. Yeah, well, you're so welcome. Is and you know, just keep you know doing. You know, as all, you know, I like writing about shit that interests me, and this really needs to be brought out there. And I just like try to do as much as I can. So, just like it's you know. It's, you always, you and you and the misses always, you always turn out good stuff. And, um, you know, it took, it took me four months to get paid for that ebony piece, by the way. But, uh, that's a whole other story. That's just, yeah. That's <laughs> it was like right after you wrote that is when the uh, hashtag ebony O started trending. I was like, oh man. Yeah. Like, yeah. They do. This or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they, I think they still old motherfuckers. But, uh, but uh, thank you uh, very much, uh, Rhonda. Just go and, and let people know where the hell they can find you. How often you guys uh, post stuff? Just uh, okay, yeah. You can find uh, me and my wife on uh, theblackguywhotips dot com, or just go on any podcast app you listen to, whether it's Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, uh, RSS Radio, whatever you know, Podomatic. Just put in the Black Guy Who Tips. Our podcast will come up. We also have a movie review podcast that's out there called The Black Guy Who Tips Spoiled Movie Reviews. Uh, you can also find it by just putting in The Black Guy Who Tips. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody who uh, listens to us and checks us out, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Thank yeah. you. You're also on uh, you know, Twitter as Rodimus Prime. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Rodimus Prime on Twitter. Uh, and then all our social media for the show on Facebook, Instagram, and stuff, The Black Guy Who Tips, and you can follow us there and keep up with our hijinks and uh, and the things that we're getting into and the topics of the show and all that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. I, I love Karen is Say Dad Again on Twitter. Say Dad Again. Yeah, with a D. Yeah, D-A-T. D-A-T. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, man. You, you have a good day now. All right. You too, man. All right, man. All right, that was uh, Rod Morrow uh, coming uh, coming down and talking to us on the phone. You know, not really coming down, just on the line. And uh, this is uh, Craig D. Lindsay saying, Sarah Huckabee, you, me, and some upside-down sockatumi cake. Goddamn uh, pineapples. The bottom just like pineapples all around just you me it's just just gorging on uh upside down sakatumi cake the way way grandma used to make it <laughs>